Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. folks welcome back to another episode dangerous world podcast here having uh an interesting little episode for you today with a buddy of mine leslie who uh, i met through like the social media and the patreon as well we've just kind of you know connected over some of these interesting issues that we like to talk about so much and um she brought forward this idea to me before i really heard it anywhere else that uh all this Hunter Biden stuff, you know, whether it be the laptop, whether it be the countless hours of footage that he himself has taken committing crimes, whether they be, you know, drug crimes or incest. I mean, all this other wild stuff that we are seeing, which is, you know, allegedly real. It looks very real. I'm not really willing to die on either one of the, the hills here, whether it's fake or real. But... um. It doesn't make sense. And I think that it feeds into a certain narrative of division. You know, people that believe that the election was stolen, like myself, um, you know, can agree that, you know, Biden, the whole entire Biden family is, is pretty much worthless at this point. But there seems to be some reason that they want everyone to start looking at, at Joe Biden as an unqualified presidential candidate, right? Or presidential leader. I guess he's past candidate at this point, but it's um, it definitely makes sense when you look into this stuff and the way that mind control could definitely play a part in this whole thing, right? Our culture as humans has been manipulated by mind control since it's been around, since humans have been here, the elite have used events, whether they be natural things like eclipses, right? Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Apocalypto, but this is portrayed really well in there, right? Where they, um, the elite know the cycle of the sun and they know when eclipses come and they use this as their sacrificial period to, I guess, control population. I don't exactly know. Obviously, they say that it's for sacrifices to keep the sun moving, but I think even they, at the top knew that was bullshit. Um, <clears throat> and I think that these kind of events get passed down, right? It, it, they obviously today, we don't really care much about an eclipse. And we know that, you know, according to what they say, the earth goes around the sun and I don't want to get in the debate with this. This is just what we know. So, you know, an eclipse isn't this paranormal type event or supernatural event. It's very explainable. At least we think. So we have to move on to other events. 9-11 could potentially be one of these types of things, an event that the government knew was going to happen, and they used the fear from that event to manipulate us into a more tyrannical state, right? Now, this is just a theory, of course, but you can see how this kind of has evolved. And I do believe that leaders today are in some way related to leaders of, let's say, the Aztec Empire or, you know, the crown, whether it be, you know, modern modern day crown or, you know, ancient English leaders, um, Egyptian Empire, all that stuff, you know, the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, maybe the Babylonian Empire. And I would actually say absolutely the Babylonian Empire, right? Um, they use these techniques and they use this fear to control and that's that's pretty much undeniable but also monopolizing and destroying information seems to be really key to controlling the narrative right if you have a monopolization of information you get to control both sides 
And Leslie brings that up here where, you know, if you're going to carry out this hundred or 200 or thousand year old plan to take over humanity, you better have control of everything. Right now. I don't think that these people are gods um, or they have some sort of supernatural ability. I don't think so. At least maybe they have some technology that can allow them to do some, you know, kind of extra things. But um, I would agree with that. I think that they have to have both sides under their thumb and and make it seem like both sides at the top fight when they really don't. But what's a little bit scary about, you know, monopolizing knowledge or destroying evidence to the contrary of what your narrative is supposed to be, it seems that technology that allows people to do this is falling into fewer and fewer hands. We're seeing a very small amount of the population, even smaller historically than, than you know, historically speaking. Um, they have some insane control. And, you know, even like I, the, the technology that's available to us is wild now. The uh, This Person Does Not Exist website I've been referencing quite a bit lately because it just shows you exactly what is available to us. Making a real looking person just by hitting refresh on your internet search bar creates a unique person that isn't even real right now you can tell if you're really looking into it there are some subtle clues but that's incredible technology so if we have access to that or art generators that are that are created by just ai images that that you just type in a few keywords and an algorithm draws you something really interesting right and i i use it for the covers of these these episodes i think that there's something really mesmerizing about the technology i think that you know maybe it's a good thing maybe it's not probably isn't but uh yeah it, it, to me it's just it's really an interesting thing here to see and and to debate or to think at least about what kind of technology is available to these higher ups and how they're using it i would venture to say they're not using it for good they may think it's for a good reason right i would say if uh if they're trying to control us and they, they feel like that's a moral thing to do, it's a responsible way to go about, then, yeah, maybe they think that it is good. But I don't, I don't think we do. You know, I definitely don't. So that could be a possibility, right? That could be, you know, maybe this footage of Hunter Biden's fake. Or what I think is even more interesting or, or at least something that you should kick around is that is it possible that someone like Hunter Biden would incriminate himself filming himself doing what what's seeming to be a, a shameful series of situations, right? Would he want to film himself to progress the agenda? Has this been his role since he was like a, a, an older teenager, a young adult, maybe, you know, maybe this is what he's supposed to do. And he's comfortable with the outcome of all of this. I don't think that that's a stretch. If these people are in this elite cult, Maybe they see their roles as noble, no matter what they are, right? Donald Trump's obviously a little different than Joe Biden's. Hunter Biden's being different than both of theirs. Barack Obama's being different than all three of theirs. And it goes on and on, right? If they all have their spot to play, and this happens to be Hunter Biden's spot, why wouldn't he feel confident doing exactly what he's doing? He knows he's not going to get killed. And if he does get killed, again, it's a cult. It seems to be a cult. And with any piece of information coming out, not even necessarily just this stuff, but more recently, the iCloud situation of Mr. Hunter Biden. When that comes out, whether they say it was leaked or not, you always have to ask yourself who benefits from myself or the public having this knowledge or having this opinion about a topic, who benefits and what would be the benefit of the entire country thinking that Hunter Biden the, pres- the, the president's son, right? Who would benefit from us thinking that that man is immoral and irresponsible and corrupt? I don't know. I, 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 it's not an easy question to answer. But even though we want to see the Biden administration fail and have some setbacks so that we can get somebody better in, um, it seems to be contrived at this point. It seems to be perpetuating some narrative. And that's what we try to get into here in this episode. And I talk about Tavistock quite a bit. Um, I talk about um, just some some interesting aspects of this book that I have called uh, Mind Control, World Control by Jim Keith. And I cite it quite a bit because the the 
traditional mind control that we see is MK Ultra. It's you're in a dark room and there's a few, you know, CIA doctors in lab coats and they're working on someone and maybe they're implanting a chip. Maybe they're, uh, you know, if you've seen Manchurian Candidate, that's exactly what they do. Right. And um, or maybe they're just they're, they're stressing them out or they're traumatizing a subject in some situation and making them disassociate, which will come up later in the episode on a singular level. And why, if they're obsessed with trying to figure that out on a small level, on an individual person, and they have such a, a, a massive amount of success with a single person, they expanded it into groups. We know that for sure. It's in their white papers. Why not expand farther and farther out? I mean, Tavistock is a real institution that actually tries to practice society, as they call it. And I get into that term later, so stick around and check that out. It is, uh, it's, it's very dark stuff that they're trying to do. And I actually wanted to talk about some of the other things that, that to me, could be some of these real false flag type things or these shocking situations that make us disassociate and make us really want someone to lead us. That's the whole point here. When, when you're terrified as a child, right, you want someone to help you. And this is when most of the dissociation is easy to, to cast onto somebody, right? It is kind of like a spell. When you can make a child disassociate really easily or a puppy, as Leslie explains here, um, that, that's easy. Anyone can do that, right? It doesn't take too much. And, and shitty parents all around the world make their kids disassociate without even intending to just by neglecting them. So some scientists can absolutely do that. But what if you can make a grown adult or a group of grown adults or a damn country or a world all resort back to childhood like states right and that's kind of what they've been doing i think for years for decades they've been making men uh want to act younger and Giannis pop is a comedian that i enjoy listening to has i forget how he terms it the infancy the prolonged infancy or something like that and he says that you know young kids want to act old and mature and knowledgeable and older adults you know, the, these adult, the threshold is getting higher and higher where adults want to act like children. And I think he says Socrates warned of that, right? Socrates, one of the brilliant minds, and he warns of, uh, if I'm not mixing this person up, saying, you know, when, when men act like children, the end is near of an empire, right? The reason for that, I think, is because if men who are, you know, checking out TikTok, and doing dumb dances and women too, really. A lot of women are obsessed with TikTok, I know. When these people want to act like the little kids and want to be cool in the eyes of kids and and do what they can to act that way, yeah. I mean, it's going to to have an effect on the way that society moves forward. If we're not led by mature people, then you know, and when I say led, I'm not talking about the government, I'm talking about like the parents in society, the adults that kids and younger adults look up to. These are the real leaders. These other people at the very top of society, I don't know what to refer to them as. Sometimes I mistakenly call them leaders, but that's not what they are. They're here trying to hold us back big time. And a good leader doesn't do that, right? My point here, and I guess I should say Giannis's point in this, they were talking about like Alexander the Great conquering the freaking world when he's 21 years old. Imagine giving a 21-year-old power like that. And yeah, he was a tyrant, right? He was a pretty bad dude, just like Corn Pop. You know, you can't imagine that it's hard to it's hard to compute in your head how someone that young can be so efficient in anything. Right. Sometimes you have these child prodigies, but that was just the status of an adult man back then. They had a lot more initiative and a lot more leadership, even someone that isn't as high level as Alexander the Great. And I understand they didn't live as long, so they had to get shit done. But there's something to be said about adults acting like children. And I think that this makes it much easier for the elite to make us disassociate with society. And the spirituality comes into play here, believe it or not. We don't spend much time on it here. And um, I, I want to get into it. I just have, I had quite a bit to say here that I didn't get out when, uh, when we were talking. So 
Um, back to this book with Jim Keith, uh, Mind Control, World Control, he lays out some alleged proof of some previous psyops and some other really traumatizing type events that might have made humanity more susceptible to what we see today. This crazy nonsense where, you know, conspiracies are coming at us from every which way and no one knows what to police, what, what to think, right? Alistair Crowley's referenced this, you know, and, and many others have, have referenced the time when everyone will become a nihilist. No one will really understand what's real and they'll live in a world of fantasy and suspicion is actually the term that's used in this book. That's just about everyone right now. A lot of people live in their own fantasy world and a lot of people are suspicious of everything, maybe rightfully so, but it's playing right into this trap. And it's, it's really, really fascinating to see how meticulously calculated this whole, you know, century, I would say has been Um, at least the 21st century, really. I mean, going back to the 20th century is really when a lot of this kicked off and that's when Tavistock starts up. But, um, the the specific thing that caught my eye here in this book regarding you know the the leaders of the country pushing us into a direction kind of making us believe and argue over something that seems very provable something like ufo's right ufo sightings and all this stuff he lays out some good proof that ufo sightings are actually military aircraft that weren't disclosed to the public at the time and um, he, he says here that during the 50s and 60s, when a lot of this stuff was really kicking off, there was this plane that wasn't made public until 1997 called the U-2 Spycraft. And this is owned by the CIA, created by Skunk Works and Lockheed Martin. Those are very interesting companies, too, when you look into them. And I'm sure that you're you know somewhat familiar with them. But the military admits that this was a disinformation campaign. It was just to intentionally make people think that aliens are real. Because what's more disempowering or discouraging than being a human here on Earth thinking that we're the only things in the galaxy, which is very weird to think if the galaxy is real, right? But feeling that way. And then now the government is coming out and telling you that aliens could definitely be real and that there's proof and there's, there's shit in the sky that we can't explain. Well, that's going to not only make Christians lose faith in their belief and other religious sects lose their beliefs, it's going to make even atheists probably pretty fucking scared, right? And I've said this several, several times. Albert Pike and the Freemasons see the atheist and the Christian as the same. They see them both as idiots. They see them both as subjects that will play a key role in the division of the country, the splintering the segmentation as it's referred to in, later in this episode, and then just the flat out collapse after you bring the two sides as far as you possibly can, the Christians and the atheists, the leftists and the conservatives, whatever. I mean, everyone in society is in one of two groups. It seems whether you want to believe it or not, if you believe more in freedom, you're on the side of conservatism. That's the way that they see it. That's not necessarily the way I see it, but you are playing into a, binary group in all of your beliefs you think that abortion should be legal do you not care well if you don't care then you're probably in the group that doesn't want abortion to be honest because that that left side of things seems to be very militant in their beliefs right now and they seem to be all very unified there's some theories too that you know the conservatives and the 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 higher ups in that side of the politics are being quiet and they're allowing a lot of this to happen because they're mobilizing. I don't see that as, as being fact, but I mean, we'll see. And, and that could get really ugly if that is the case, but back to this alien stuff. Um, it really is kind of cool to think, and I don't know if cool is the right word, but it, it's, I, I, I say it all the time, but it's interesting to think that even these implants, right? These alien implants, maybe they aren't of alien nature. And I thought that this was a really profound idea, simple, but profound. And there's a good amount of truthers out there that see the alien implant phenomena as simply the government just abducting people, running mind control experiments on them, even today, right? And then, you know, implanting these chips and making them think that it was aliens that did it. 
because somehow that's a little more comforting than the government coming in to your home, taking you out and putting a chip in you. And there are pictures of CIA mind control chips. They look different than the alien implants. But if this works so well, why not say, oh, yeah, we, we programmed it. Once a chip's in your head, they can make you think anything, right? And that's what's kind of scary about maybe them using it on a mass scale. You have this lovable figure, Elon Musk, right? And he's obviously not a lovable figure. He's pretty polarizing. But maybe the left will start liking him now, honestly. he I guess it came out that his um, father would bang his stepdaughter, his own stepdaughter, not Elon Musk. So it'd be, I guess, Elon Musk's stepsister, if I'm, if I'm getting this right. And they actually had a kid. Um, that seems like something that the left's into. They like a, a sprinkle of incest in their daily life, it seems, along with like bestiality and some of this wild shit. So there I am playing into the division, right? But, uh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I do side one with one side a little better than the other here, just like you do. You may not want to admit it. Everyone does. Everyone either thinks that it's crazy to think that there's multiple genders or, you know, think that you're a bigot if you only believe in two and, and you know, want to keep it that way. There's a lot. Name an issue. You you have a side on that issue. Now, the, the mind control chips to me are very, very, it's a key part of this whole thing. I don't think that the United States specifically will be able to be put under this mass mind control without chips in our brains. And that's why I think eventually this will become law, possibly at birth. Um, I hope not. But, you know, there is a lot of shit going on right now coming at us again from every which way and we have to be mindful of of what kind of stuff is coming out there and what we are being fed and again who benefits from us having the knowledge there's reason that the knowledge goes out and why we're susceptible to being you know falling victim to just being fed a narrative that really doesn't really have a a big role in our day-to-day lives now, I, I don't want to drag this intro out too long, um, but I, I wanted to get some of that stuff out there. Me and Leslie talked for a little over an hour. So, um, you know, just to make sure that some of that good stuff goes to the patrons because they're the the ones that support the show. You know, I wanted to break down a little bit more of this, you know, why why divide the population and why put out some weird information that just a couple years ago was not credible right the laptop was fake remember that never forget that the laptop was fake and that joe biden won the election he was the most popular president at the time even though he was even then showing some serious signs of cognitive disability there's some some narratives that are flipping on their head right now and right now the conservatives or the trump supporters or the freedom lovers right the patriots they are happy with these things they feel like these are wins right now I'll tell you right now, if who we think is behind this, we being me and Leslie, um, and then probably a lot of you guys would agree, if if this if these individuals are behind this, then you know it's it's not they're not allowing the conservatives to get wins. You know, it's chess, it's not checkers. So think about that. But with that being said, um patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast, you'll get this full episode which was great. This was really fun to look into. Um, I refreshed myself on Tavistock. I learned quite a bit of new things. And I did an episode on Tavistock with Randy from the Red Thread podcast. And his podcast is a little tough to find. I don't think he's on iTunes, but you can search Red Thread podcast with uh, Random Randy, or you can search on uh, Instagram. And I follow him on Instagram. And You can find his podcast that way. Um, He may be on iTunes. I should have checked that before I started rambling about that. But he is um, a wealth of knowledge. He's a a talker. He can get all of his his thoughts out and um, really quickly kind of kind of like talks like me a little bit where I'll rattle off all kinds of things that are just in my head. And it's kind of up to you to put them together, to be honest. But um, we talked about Tavistock and he, he was talking about the construction of the building and how strange the layout is and monumental everything looks there right there's some occult meaning in the structure itself of tavistock which is over in in england um but i found a lot about the leadership a little bit about the history and the connections to british intelligence which if we're skeptical of the cia you better be skeptical of british intelligence because the cia is modeled after that 
100%. You've heard of the Pilgrim Society. I've done two episodes on them. We're connected to the crown right now. We are in a big, big way. And Tavistock actually gets some serious investment from the crown and the Rockefeller Foundation and the Carnegie Endowment and the World Health Organization and UNESCO and all these others. So, you know, check that out. You'll get a little more on Tavistock with uh, the Red Thread podcast over there. But, um, yeah, you know, like I said, the Patreon, $3 for every single episode. We have fun over there. And, uh, you know, the, the rants under that middle tier and all that. Just a good time. Uh, I, I appreciate what Patreon does for creators. And it's just cool. It's a fun time over there, like I said. And uh, DangerousWorldStore.com will be uh, always having your T-shirts and your hoodies and all that kind of stuff. If you'd like to support the show that way, it's much appreciated. But um, if, if you can't do either one of those things, guys, I understand, right? Um, I flip-flop on this all the time. I, I'm like, why the fuck don't you have $3 to throw down? on the hard work um today i'm feeling nice you know i it's early in the morning i get it i understand it right uh if you can just tell a friend about the show tell a few friends about the show share it on your social media i don't care if you got one friend okay or or no friends share it tag me um i'll follow you back if if you tag me in something or you you post my episodes it's always a big help for any show that you enjoy uh leave five star reviews um you have no excuse now you can do that on spotify now so the review should be coming in on all your favorite shows guys but um i appreciate it very much and uh enjoy this episode on hunter biden who i'm starting to think is a chaos magician and um we talk about the icloud leaking we talk about the john paul mac isaac who is the store owner of the mac store or the mac shop in uh Wilmington, Delaware, where Hunter allegedly dropped off his laptops. Talk about uh, PSYOPs as a whole. And of course, Tavistock. I don't know if I mentioned that enough, but we talk about quite a bit here and it was a it was a blast. So big thanks to Leslie. And guys, I'll see you on the other side of this. Hope that you uh, have a good weekend here. We're heading into the weekend. Hopefully it's safe, more importantly, fun. And um, I'll be having some new episodes that are, you know, completely different out of the realm of conspiracies with some of your hopefully favorite podcast hosts um we're just having conversations and one of those will come out tomorrow and uh you know it's a surprise guest and um gonna be doing one of those every saturday for you just something something fun something different and uh lots of stuff man there's new products that we have coming out i'm excited to share these things with you guys so let's just roll into this i need to shut up and uh meet my friend leslie here she's cool and yeah we had a good chat so enjoy the show guys All right, guys, we're going to have a fun little interesting episode here. Hopefully we'll see how this goes, because it is a lot of uh, a lot of kind of weird stuff that we're getting into. Um, One of my friends, Leslie, who I met through just Instagram, I think, and then the Patreon. And we've been chatting and um, you're kind enough to support me over there on Patreon, which I really appreciate on our end of the month chats that we do at that top level tier that 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 we have. um, You brought up this idea that I hadn't heard anyone talk about. I'm starting to hear more people talk about this now, where this whole Hunter Biden laptop controversy is all fake. There's there's a lot of it hyped up. There's a lot of theater involved. And um, at first, I thought this was kind of like just another one of those theories that someone just kind of throws out there as a, as a talking point. You know what I mean? I thought it was interesting for sure. But um, the more you kind of broke it down, I started putting more validity into it myself. And I think that there's something to it after this iCloud hacking. I think it's very important to at least talk about the possibility here. Um, but first of all, I want to ask you how you're doing. It seems like you've had a hectic last couple of days. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's cool. Of course. Yeah. So, so what made you look into this? So this idea that this is all BS here? Well, you know, I bought it hook, line and sinker at the beginning too. I'm like, oh my God. And why are they not showing this? What was this two years ago? And I think I looked back into it. What really got me was uh, the guy who um, he supposedly dropped the computer off to. And his name is John Paul Mac Isaac. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at him and I thought, he's such a character. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, he has four names. I mean, how many people have <laughs> four names? John Paul Mac. And Mac, he works on Macs as part of his name. 
And he always, he's, he's Scottish American, but he, you know, has an American, he's born and raised here, it sounds like. And he wears this uh, Scottish hat all the time in every, every video, every picture, he has a Scottish hat and there, you know, it's wool and he has, he always has like a, a turtleneck with a button down for a top. He's just such a character. So I started thinking, yeah, he's goofy. And it just seemed like something was off about, you know, they like to do that. They like to put characters on there. So then after I mentioned it to you, I hadn't heard anyone say that. And then I started hearing people saying the same thing. And I think once the iCloud stuff came out, you know, the 4chan iCloud hacking, supposed hacking came out. Yeah. Um, then I started seeing some of those videos and thinking, God, this looks like a Hollywood movie production, you know, they were just so bizarre. Unless they cropped some of those videos out, he's got a very steady hand because he is filming these girls doing sexual acts to him, but not getting any of his private parts in there. So it's almost like it could be shown on TV. You know what I mean? Like it's like right. uh, like softcore porn or something like you can you can tell something's going on. Um, this great comedian Pablo Francisco said it's like it's like watching someone move furniture. What softcore right. porn is like you don't you don't you don't see anything, but they're definitely doing something. And it's right. just, it's wild. So it, you sent me something a while ago that really kind of, you know, made me, like I said, give this some more thought. It was uh, from the New York Post. And it's a quote from him, I guess. And right. you said it sounded like a storybook that someone that someone's going through. And he says, I, I quote here from the New York Post. <laughs> I struggled not to roll my eyes when I when in stumbled in a man clutching three MacBook Pros. He was about my height, six feet tall, but a little heavier. He wore casual clothing, dark blue and gray. Alcohol fumes preceded him, and he slid he, he slid the three laptops onto the bar counter as he fumbled for a seat. Um, and then he goes on to say, I'm glad you're, you're still open, he said. I just came from the cigar bar, and they told me that your shop uh, was here, uh, but I had to hurry because you close at 7. So there's actually, um, I missed the beginning part. He says, uh, before that, he says, it was Friday night, 10 minutes before the shop's closing time. I was checking out a website about CNC machines and woodworking. It's very weird to put that out there. Yeah. I had no intention of working late. I was ready to go out after a long and busy week, but then bright, cool LED headlights bounced off the <laughs> counter from the front window. Uh, I leaned back in my chair and closed my eyes. My vision of leaving the shop quickly faded as the door chime sounded. <laughs> and uh, as as was usual for this time of day, I thought, what kind of person expects quality service right before closing time? So obviously some of that sounds weird. The cool LED lights bouncing off the countertop. That sounds like a professional writer would say that. Um, right, that's, right. What you said was like, no one talks like that, right? No. And the weird thing was he claimed that he didn't, because he has one wonky eye. Have you seen his? Mm -hmm. And he claimed because he has eyesight problems, he didn't realize that was him. He couldn't see very well, but he was able to see all the LED, you know, all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And he said the only way he thought it might be Hunter's computer was because on the computer was a sticker that was uh, for a foundation for Bo. Was it Bo, his brother that died of cancer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, lots of people could have that sticker. So why would you think that sticker would indicate that it would be Hunter, you know, Hunter's computer? I don't know. Just well, didn't, well, there was something interesting, too, where his dad, um, John Paul Mac Isaac's dad, that's his name, right? John Paul yeah. Mac Isaac. His father yeah. said that he he himself, the dad, took these and reported them to the FBI, not the owner of the store. And he's a grown man. I understand he, he may be disabled uh, through his vision or whatever, but um, that seems weird, too, when the father gets involved uh, of a grown man to do something like this. Um, right. Clearly, the guy's not incapable of, of functioning on his own. He owns a business, right? A, a pretty complicated business at that. It sounds if you're transferring data piece by piece to a hard drive, supposedly, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're not blind. I wouldn't think you'd think that you could see the, the computer screen. Right. Who knows, though? I mean, I'm no computer whiz, <laughs> but um, I wanted to get into some of this stuff because, you know, people might wonder. Why, what would be the purpose of the media who clearly wanted Joe Biden? in? I think that we can all agree on that. Even if you voted for Biden or whatever, I think that we can objectively say that the media did not like Trump 
um or at least they they made it seem like they didn't like him they always you know were were pretty tough on him they didn't you know if you if you saw him acting the way that biden acts these at these you know run-ins with the media um it's night and day different they're telling him that he looks good wearing his goofy helmet um you know when he falls down they all swarm around him and shut their cameras (laughs) off you know so that didn't happen under trump so what would be the purpose of now letting this story come out and putting a fake story out there that would disappoint the biden supporters do you have any like logical reason in your head before we get into this tavistock stuff well i just think you know, if you're going to take over the world for 100 years and you're planning this, you are going to make damn sure that you're going to control the opposition. Sure. And I mean, the other side, it's easy. You just put stuff out on the mainstream media and they buy it hook, line and sinker, you know, go get an injection. They go get injection, double mask, whatever you say they're going to do. But for us, they have to not only confuse us, but they have to splinter us. Look, we have people that are Q supporters. We have people now who, if you just tell them it's a conspiracy theory, they believe it. But then there are others like us that look look further. But, you know, we are just as gullible as the people we keep calling the sheep. You know, it's like all you have to do if you get us in our emotions, it's like, oh, the shooting. Instead of like pausing and really thinking and stopping and saying, you know, let me see how this how this shakes out, you know. But I think that's the whole thing. Um, who is that Russian guy? Yuri? Besmanov? Uh, Besmanov. He would talk about that. They they just want to totally confuse us. And the thing about Americans now and society and all over the world is we are so desensitized with violent movies, violent video games, that they have to really amp it up and make it like like hardcore, like his videos. And by the way, I saw um, like hardcore videos on his. And then it was on Telegram. Somebody le- le- led me there. And it was everything. It was like blow jobs and foot jobs. And it was crazy. And that's mm. why I said, oh, my God, you're not going to believe. And then I went back and it was deleted. But it it looked like it looked like it like it was those, you know, Hunter stuff. They said it was because he was in it along with these girls. Yeah. And so. then, you know, the idea of, you know, it's still being fake. Uh, you know, if if your theory is correct. And like I said, I'm more. And I don't know, is this a theory of yours? I don't know exactly where you stand. Are you just kind of floating the idea that maybe this is fake? I just, I, it's just a theory. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what These to believe. These just theories, basically. people. Well, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that, though. I really am. I mean, one of the videos, I think I brought it up to you, too. One of the videos was, I mean, they're so stylized. Like, he, he's looking in the camera, like you said, really steady. And then he shows his light bulb. And then he shows all his wacky pictures, you know, on the wall, the crazy drawing once his dad. That was weird. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this looks like a scene out of a movie. And how much time does this guy, you know, have? And who drops a computer with all that incriminating shit on it? And especially the, you know, the son of a vice president or now president. I mean, who does that? I don't well, know. And it's not like he's filming. So like it, this would be really well done if it was a blackmail, like if someone else was somehow filming Hunter Biden do this stuff, but he's filming himself commit crimes like and right. he's got to know, you know, with his experience, he actually has kind of an impressive work history. I know that the only reason that he has this history is because his last name's Biden, but he's right. worked for some pretty large companies and he's a pretty like it, it it would seem he's a motivated individual if he wasn't, you know, like I said, a crackhead that's related to the vice president who abused his power. Um, he's got to know that like the FBI and the CIA and the deep state, as we like to call them, would have access to his videos. It just uh, none of it makes right. sense when you when you <laughs> aren't caught up in the emotion of it. So um, I want to and, and you mentioned um, Yuri Bezmanov. I would recommend anyone and like this guy doesn't need me to plug his damn show. He's got a massive podcast. Lex Friedman. I don't know if you've heard of his show. Mm-mm. He's got a good podcast where he talks with massive people. He just had Rogan on before he had this Jack Barsky. He's a KGB spy. And he was sent over here for a 12 year mission to infiltrate United States, just society, just to send back societal points to the KGB and, and the, um, what is it? The HSB? I forget the other one, but he was, it was a 12 year long mission. You know what I mean? He's got a, a hmm. wife and a kid over in, in Russia ends up coming over here. And we're supposed to believe, and maybe this is true 
that he has defected from Russia because he has a kid here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Lex Friedman himself, I believe, is Russian and, and Ukrainian. So it's interesting. It's a three hour and 43 minute conversation, but it is wow. truly, really, really interesting. He talks about and, and Lex is kind of a weird dude, kind of like on the spectrum, it seems. Yeah. And this guy, he's asking really interesting questions. And the guy sounds really earnest, which a lot of CIA, you know, all these these high level manipulators can do this. Right. They can sound like, oh, man, I'd love to talk with this guy. So I might reach out to him. He might be too big of a guest for me to to get on because he's done these million view shows. But we'll see. It might be kind of fun. I bet he, yeah, I bet he'd get on there. It'd be nice. We'll show. try it out. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get into this Tavistock stuff, because I think that this might kind of explain to anyone that wouldn't really understand what the point of putting this this chaos out there. Um, obviously, we've heard like order out of chaos, order out of KO. <laughs> Um, you're familiar with the Tavistock Institute a little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, you've heard of them and everything. Mm-hmm. So they're based out of uh, Britain, and they're referred to for some reason as the Freud Hilton. And I think that this refers to Sigmund Freud and um, just the the way that they would manipulate people that that go in here. It started out as kind of like you know focusing on patients, individual patients, but they've changed the way that they do things. They really ramped up since the end of World War II. Um, but this, like I said, this whole foundation goes back at least 25 years prior to that to around 1920. And, um, wow. I thought yeah. it was the sixties for some reason. Yeah. So, I mean, on paper, they started in 45. Um, but mm. you know, in this book that, that I'm going to cite throughout this, uh, mind control, world control by Jim Keith, he, and, and, you know, others, you can Google any of this information. You can go to their website and they'll, they'll show, uh, 1920. He says 1921, but I'm going based off their website here, 1920. And um, the characters in focus within Tavistock are this guy named John Rawlings Reese. And he was a a deputy director since 1926. But again, a little bit contradictory to what their site says and what they say themselves. Jim Keith alleges that this Rawlings Reese was a founding member and uh, really, really high level in the society until, you know, he, he passed away. But um. It's claimed that Reese was a founding member, like I said, and then this other dude, Kurt Lewin, who was a German refugee, who um, is called the father of social psychology. So that's kind of an interesting thing. This German during this chaotic time, World War II, German immigrant comes over beforehand. So if we're looking at spies, KGB type people that infiltrate society and, and do it over a long period of time, we can't at least, you know, say that it's definite that Kurt Lewin is not doing this on behalf of, of the third Reich at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So in their own literature and Tavistock's own work, they say that they're an organization of what they call dynamic psychiatry. And this is what they refer to as sorcery um, or society. I'm sorry. And society is um, basically their way of saying world mind control. It's a combination of society, sorcery, and psychiatry. So they they try and enact this on a on a mass scale. Um, it is confirmed that it's an offshoot of British intelligence, which has Masonic roots, right? Freemasons. Um, and they hope to be the driving force behind enacting a world government by persuading people to submit. Um, and they do this through these traumatic events, as we've seen so often lately. And it's kind of interesting. Right. I don't know if you've you've looked into like how many societies have started around like the the end of world war ii or the beginning of the century you've got the federal reserve before you know like in the 1900 early 1900 1913 or 14 the fbi i mean it seems like they really like had a focus on bringing the west down right right around that time so it's just kind of interesting um but all these people are high level like fabian socialists obama is a fabian socialist and for those that aren't familiar with that it's basically infiltrating societies and gradually pushing people to socialism rather than like conquest or, or taking places over and making them submit to socialism or communism. Like I said, Obama's one. And um, there's an interesting connection I found with Obama since this is, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people call it his third term. It's, it's, it's interesting to think that, you know, the, the safari club based out of Kenya, which they call the real CIA Obama's dad was a Kenyan politician. You know what I mean? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And then his stepdad is an Indonesian dude. And that's why his last name was Satoro. A lot of people say, you know, right, Barack Barry. Obama's real name is Barry Satoro and all this yeah. stuff. 
Um, <laughs> it's interesting though, and and you look at it. The the mother has some serious allegations. She's passed away, so I'm not like talking ill of the dead here or, or meaning to. But she's supposedly CIA. And um, like I said, I I don't think that it's just a coincidence that this Kenyan resort was turned into the real CIA, as they called it. You know what I mean? And then Barack Obama Sr. was a Kenyan politician during that time. So you have any thoughts on that? Or had, right. you, had you put any thought into that? Uh, no, but it's really interesting. Um, and I think what you said, too, that um, to infiltrate and take it down slowly instead of taking, I mean, the U.S. is going to be hard. I mean, we all have, you know, we have so many um, firearms here and it's going to have to, they had to, uh, what did Yuri Bezmanov say? He said, uh, you know, you slowly do it and it takes like three generations, you mm. know? And I think I told you about that. Um, a lot of it too, it's called, um, I think I was telling you about that puppy experiment, learned oh. helplessness. Uh, well, they did this, uh, I don't know when it was, but they did this experiment on puppies. It's kind of cruel, but they put puppies in these little um, crates and they shocked the, fl- the bottom of the floor. And the puppies would try to get out. It was intermittent. They never knew they were when they were going to get shocked. And finally, the puppies would just lay down and they just, they called mm-hmm. it learned helplessness. And they took the um, edges down, you know, the uh, sides down, and they still didn't try to. They could just walk out, but they didn't. And I think that that's their goal, too. They're just making, you know, the, the confusion and... You know, we don't know what's up, what's down either side. None of us know the critical mm. thinkers. We like to call us and the, and the other side, people are so confused and that's it. You just submit then, you know, that, that sounds like a Pavlovian, like Pavlov. Yeah. I wonder if it was him that was doing that. No, I think it was someone else, but it, it's uh-huh. kind of feels like that. People are like, you know, I, I told, actually tell my friends some stuff. I have been, I have hard trouble finding anyone I can talk about this with. That's why I love your, I love those talks once a month. It's like, I don't have anybody to talk to, but I'll start you off. She'll go, I, I don't know what's, what's true anymore. I, I don't want to hear this, you know, and it's true. People, it's just learned helplessness. That's so. so interesting too, because you said it was puppies. And I remember you saying this now, but yeah, you said it was puppies. And this is something that they figured out was that you can do this to children very easily. Right. You do it to young, young brains, you know, that haven't experienced life. And obviously dogs age different than humans, but it's really, really difficult to make up a, a grown man or woman that's even like halfway confident in themselves or securing themselves. They don't need to be like a badass. They could just be a normal person. It's hard to get them to disassociate from society, but this mm-hmm. is the goal. It's very easy to make a kid do that. You know what I mean? It just right. takes a little bit of trauma. And the same thing with a puppy, I think. And it's unfortunate that they figured that out. And like you said, very evil sounding. But um, I mean, if this is their goal, they're they're going about it very methodically, it sounds like. But, um, you know, back to this uh, John Rawlings Reese guy. Um, after World War II, he advocated for psychological shock troops. And this is something that I, I completely misunderstood what these were like a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. But these shock troops are to guide society in the desired direction of the elite. And um, they use these shock troops and they would kind of act as as tentacles stemming out from Tavistock. So think Barack Obama, think um, the nicest seeming guy, maybe even Klaus Schwab doesn't exactly seem like a nice guy. But, you know, people people that don't come to you trying to fight, they come to you just changing society a little bit. AOC, um, Bernie Sanders, people like this would be considered shock troops. And um, he also ran the British, this this Rawlings-Reese, ran the British Psychological Warfare Directorate. So think about that. He's running the British Psychological Warfare Directorate um, and then also United States versions that are subsidiaries of this main organization. So the guy that ran that high-level dude was possibly a founding member of this organization that openly says that they want to control the global hive mind. You know, they're they're hmm. they're backing psychology they're creating psychology and new methods of psychology and this dude is also high level british secret service basically so wow and it's yeah it's freaking weird they want the united states like tethered to to britain you know through the the pilgrim society and all that stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah i i think that that is the base of the one world order the new world order stuff where you know the united states and the uk is is already really one thing along with the other you know, three, five eyes. But um, this Kurt Lewin guy that I mentioned earlier, 
1932, Tavistock's put under the control of this Lewin dude. And he also founded the National Training Laboratories, which I, I'm going to talk about them a little bit too, because they're wild. And the training laboratories, and then the uh, he directed the Harvard Psychological Clinic. But this National Training Laboratories is wild. They I went to their website, and they have courses on there that you can sign up for that are like $620 to listen in on. I was going to sign up for the, uh, <laughs> what was it, white awareness. Like it was sitting there literally telling oh, people how. And I just wanted to listen to see like yeah. what kind of, I thought it would maybe be like a free thing, you know, if they're trying to help society. You'd think that they'd let anyone in to listen. And it's like, I'm, I'm going there and I'm trying to sign up. And it's like, you know, take out your credit card. It's going to be 625 bucks to listen to how much of a piece of shit you are because you're white. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, I had to pass, but it would be nice to kind of, you know, listen in on some of that stuff. But right, um, yeah, so it, it's just wild to think that. But um, the funding for Tavistock comes through anonymous donors of course you're never going to see who donates there but a massive amount of funding according to jim keith comes from the crown and then a lot of other small but like obviously really influential things one that stood out to me was the world health organization is a massive donor and um how much has the world health organization traumatized people you know especially (laughs) in the last two years right yeah yeah also unesco of the u.n um, the mm-hmm. Rockefeller Foundation, who's actually cited often again, um, you know, they they say that the, the the quote here from the book is that the Rockefeller Foundation, before making us a grant, would need to be satisfied not not only by our policies, but also with the persons to carry them out. And this is according to the, the official chronicler of Tavistock back in, I believe, the 60s. So, um, yeah, just it, it's interesting that they put this out there for you to just see yeah another key pair of these guys um other than lewin and rawlings reese is emery and then uh this fred emery who he sounds familiar but i hadn't seen him before fred emery and then eric trist and uh trist was the chairman of tavistock's governors in 1963 and in 1963 that's obviously the year that jfk was shot so i mean this dude definitely um if we're talking about traumatic events that that curb the way that people think that was a big one for people in 1963. And he also, like I said, stressed the idea of repeated traumatiz- traumatizing shocks to society in order to just stabilize it as a whole. And um, this would create permanent social turbulence if they kept doing this enough. So I think that that's kind of getting to the idea of why we see it so much. They're, and and, and look- they're ramping up now. Yeah, look at it. I mean, every day it's like, what's the latest? It's like, you know, shooting at the, you know, uh, fireworks, shooting in a school. Um, it's just constant, you know, food shortages. Yeah, uh, can't, it's, yeah. And who knows what's real too? Again, like I, I think that True. it's important to acknowledge that we don't know that these are real. And I, and you brought up a good point. Like, you know, you, you feel that the Biden laptop story is BS, but Mm-hmm. you don't you're not going to die on that hill you're not going to argue with somebody about it it's just something that you know it's being put in the news now so let's just question it a little bit well um, I kind of decided to do, to do that because I think that's you know I want to pause and I'm never gonna 100 percent no I'm not gonna say never but I try not to 100 percent say this isn't true or this is true I just you know try to look at it critically and and you know think about it yeah, well, and I wish more people would do that. You know what I mean? People people do like to pick teams. And when you divide people into two teams, it's it's a polarized society by definition. So it's interesting. Exactly. Um, um, so I was talking about Trist right there. And then this this buddy of his, Fred Emery, wrote a book in 1975 where he really put a lot of Trist's ideas out. And this book's called Futures We Are In. And I'd be really interested if anyone's read that because it seems seems like there's some... Like they, you can kind of get these guys dead to rights in some of the stuff that they say here. Um, but within that book, they talk about these four points that both both of these guys agree on. And a lot of this like deeper state psychology, institutional powers agree on these four four points. And I want to play after the end of this. I want to play that clip that you sent me of um, oh. of Obama, because he reiterates right. this very, very well. So, yeah, it's like their whole game plan. A couple sentences. Yeah. 
yeah instead of listening to an hour and a half long conversation uh you could you could just listen to this thing right here yeah and it tells you exactly what they're doing but um there's these four stages and these four ways that they want to break down society and and i want i want you to just kind of give your thoughts if you don't mind on like what you think of each one of these because i think that they're really really i mean it's it's key stuff here the first Mm -hmm. stage of the breakdown of society as being superficially in quotes here um, in which previous social values are questioned and discredited. Do you see that happening right now? Like say with Judeo Christianity, which used to be like the base of a lot of the way that we operate in this country, it's, it's being discredited and questioned. Right. And they're pushing what you talk about, which I don't like is this new agey stuff, you know, is that kind of what you're, well, just one of the ways that they're doing it, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's more on yeah. that here, too, later, like the, the new age. And I mean, not only that, but I mean, the previous um, social values like marriage, you know, between a man and a woman. Right. Again, not against gay people here. I, I grew up in the 90s. So like it's kind of programmed in me to not have a, a genuine problem with it. But I think that that's part of the culture. And I think that that's also why there are more there is more homosexuality, I should say, because it's like right. not only accepted, it's encouraged. You know, what it I mean? is yeah. absolutely encouraged. Um, so the second is segmentation in which societal institutions break down, resulting in the reversion to paranoid groups of individuals hostile to one another. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's what they're trying. You know, the trans, the, you know, patriots, the everything, everything they're trying. I just don't. I just don't know how successful they're being. I mean, you go out and people are getting along. I think it's going to be really hard for them for this country. I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent, but no, this is, this is what they want, you know, to divide us and splinter us in so many ways. The segmentation and then the superficial, you know, breakings up. I think that it's, it's done. I think that, that they're doing this well. I mean, I don't know. How many people do you interact with on like a day-to-day basis? Like not necessarily just conspiracy talk, but just, you know, uh, seeing them at grocery stores or whatever. Oh, quite a bit. And I always talk to people. I love that. Yeah. You talk to a lot of people? Yeah. So where you're at, does it seem like a lot of people are just like, you know, leave me alone and, and you know, let's just get along. And, and if you don't get along, like whatever, just leave, leave it. Yeah. Pe- people are... And they seem, you know, people are friendly still. I mean, they're, they're, you might see people with a couple masks, but people do not <laughs> seem as divided as they're trying to make us believe and that they're trying, I think. Huh. Um, that's just my view. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, not liking what they're doing with uh, they're pushing this splintering, the segmentation of all of us. But they try to make us think that it's a lot more common some of these beliefs than than it really is than it actually is in the yeah, yeah. And see, so that that i still have a problem with because if they're telling you that that's what it is then they can they can like create that idea in your head and then when a civil war breaks out or whatever mm-hmm. um not saying that it will but you know let's just you know for for an example here the civil war breaks out then they're like oh yeah well no wonder it happened everyone hates each other you know what right. i mean but yeah if people are actually getting out there i tend to agree that you know not not everyone is going at each other's throat, but there are some people and it really was going on a lot under Trump. As much as I hate to say it, people were pissed off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I have a blue lives matter sticker on the back of my window. And I've said this before, but it's mostly so I don't get pulled over because cops are very nice when you have. (laughs) Yeah. You said that. Yeah. And it's like people, people will talk shit about that. You know, like uh, I'm not trying to like put people in a groups here, but a lot of black people would say things about it um a lot of like white women would say things about it you know the karens um and so yeah it's just something that i would notice and i don't see that anymore i still have that sticker on and i would try to like you know not fight with these people about it and just be like hey man it's just what i believe you know but um it's it's wild i i see the segmentation but at the same time i don't so good point there but uh the third one here um they would launch a fascist movement akin to the nazis that's something that we're hearing kicked around at least in conspiracy circles right right do you you think that that's even possible here like i i don't think it would be necessarily the nazis but i think that fascism is afoot for sure with the corporate government structure oh i think so too yeah i 
Yeah, I don't think unless they paid, you know, paid provocateurs, which is what they did during the BLM and stuff, I just don't think they're going to have enough minions to do this. And I think so many Americans, yes, people are struggling and we have a lot of homeless. But other than that, across the country, people are still comfortable and they're not going to fight until, you know, maybe that's why we've been hearing about food shortages. I mean, once we have food shortages, people are going to go nuts. You know, we have to stand in a food line like all of us, you know, so they may really have to ramp it up and get it crazy before. The food shortages before the fighting and that, you know, the supposed civil war that they want. Yeah. Um, making the food expensive is a problem for a lot of people, right? Cause it only affects, right. it only affects the, the poor people, the bottom percentile of, of the population. The, the fear of a food shortage, I think, is very effective, though. I think that it, you know, yes. it's, right? I mean, it's, it's... Well, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you haven't already signed up for Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast, you know what to do. I've told you every episode at this point. Hope to see you over there. We get into some fun stuff. Scary stuff, but fun. Obama says some incriminating shit, as usual. And just some uh, good old-fashioned Hunter Biden bashing. So, hope to see you there.